Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Raising His Kids. Lauren, we have a very special guest with us today. We do, a very special one. Hello there. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Everyone listening, this is our good friend Madison, who was meant to start the podcast with us, and we're glad that she's a guest today. And well, we have Madison. talked about her before. We we have we have spoken <laughs> about you before, and now we can spill all the tea on like why I didn't join because that's stepmom life. <laughs> exactly, yes. so it's perfect. Lauren came up with some questions. Well, Sorry. the first one I have is to um. Do you want to tell us like a little bit like a bio about your stepmom journey and all that, just so the listeners can understand who you are and what you're going through? I was actually talking to my husband before I jumped on here with you guys that uh, an interesting part of my stepmom journey is the fact that I became an overnight stepmom. So when we were um, first dating and starting to uh, like planning to move in together and all that that kind of thing. I had gone on like a date with the boys. Uh, we went to a park and we had like a cookout and spent, spent an evening together. And then I wasn't allowed to see them again. Bio mom did not want me in the picture until we had lived together for a certain amount of time. So it made it a very interesting dynamic to have, I've met these children. I've spent one evening with them. And I know that they're going to play such a big part in my life, but I can't imagine it because I'm not allowed to ease into it, right? That's how it felt on my end, at least. On my husband's end, we were just preparing to welcome his babies in, right? So it was a different feel for him because this was like, we have to get through this period in our life so we can just be together and I can... He was going in between houses to spend time with the kids. So they, cause they couldn't be here with us if I was here. Um, So it it was very hard to then we had, we call it loving day (laughs) is the day that they spent the night at our home together with me and my husband. And then it was forever like that. That is crazy. And Lauren and I have spoken about this before. There was a time where Big K's stepmom, although she was with his dad, his dad would take Big K to his grandparents to spend Mm -hmm. time with him. And I was like, that is crucial bonding time for Big K and his stepmom. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I know Lauren's had to experience where you were in a similar boat, weren't you? Yeah, we didn't listen to her, though. Like, we... Uh, um, they were still trying to figure out like the whole custody order at that time. So my husband asked his lawyer, like, can they do this? And he said, no. So we just disregarded it completely. Um, but she did try to do that to us too. And this was no court order. This was all about respecting her place as their mother, feeling all of the feelings about me coming in, trying to be understanding for everyone. But it meant that I needed to just sit still And hold my breath until it was my turn, if you will. Like mom needed her time to 
cope and get used to the idea. Dad needed his time with the children. So I was in the back. That was not about me. That was all about them. And he was preparing them and spending time with them. And then all of a sudden, and we hadn't gone to court yet. So there was no custody arrangement. It was just verbal. So on loving day, they spent the night on a Friday and stayed through the weekend. And I was like, ah, I'm new. I don't know what I'm doing. And there were so many little moments where I felt so uh, attacked by the world. Like when my husband would kind of give me tips and tricks on how the kids like things done. I was like, oh, I don't want your help. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be perfect right away at this. And I wasn't. And that was really hard. And after that weekend, we just started our 50-50 custody. And I was a stepmom. Oh, wow. Officially. Luckily, my husband prepared the boys and was honest enough with them that the transition was easier for them and they knew what space I was going to hold in their life. Yeah. It may be different from how other families do it, right? I'm dating this person. Daddy's going to start dating. I was this friend that swooped in and became the stepmom and they rolled with the punches. And I'm really grateful because it could have been much harder for me than it was. Screw being an overnight stepmom. Had I had to respect, not respect, because I did respect and do always respect their place and their emotions around being in a blended family. But had I needed to emotionally deal with a child outright not liking my place, that would have made becoming an overnight stepmom disastrous. Yeah. I don't know how I would have coped in that situation where you jump into this life, like, okay, we're going to do this. And it, it went well. And it's been beautiful ever since. I'm just so grateful that it went that way because I know there has to be other people who it did not for them. Right, for sure. They were also very young. uh, So that helped as well. How old were the boys when you first met them? Three and seven. Wow. That helps, I think. And Lincoln having a disability was completely oblivious. Uh, Mentally at that age, probably ranging between like six months and a year rather than the three that he physically was. Um, So it was mainly focusing on Maxfield and making sure that Max knew what to expect and how his life was going to be and that it was safe. Yeah. That's really great that um, they were, or at least Max was prepared for that though. Mm -hmm. We're overly honest with our children. (laughs) I think that, I think that works. (laughs) You need to be like, we're not dealing with a special needs child, but little Jay with his autism, it impacts the whole family. And we're trying to teach big Jay how to handle that. Cause currently he doesn't want to be around him at all. Yeah. That's hard. So at least you've had more time to prepare Max because you've known for such a long time. Whereas the situation with little J has just started escalating recently. So it's a new thing that we're dealing with. So I like that you're preparing him for what his life's going to look like, because at the same time, and I know you and Mm -hmm. I have had these conversations, Lincoln is not Max's responsibility. And right. You and your husband don't want 
Max growing up feeling like he can't live his life and that Lincoln is his responsibility. Right. We make a very clear distinction. And if we do ask him, and we will sometimes, I'm going to go grab the mail, keep an eye on your brother, right? Things like that. We make sure to thank him and be openly appreciative that this is not your job. And I know this is hard. Thank you for stepping up today. Yeah. And that's something that you can do with children of any age, regardless of if they have a disability. We do that with Big J, most importantly, you know, I've got to go jump in the shower. Can you watch Miss K while I do that? They're they're small tasks and it does give them that sense of responsibility, but also at the same time, you're teaching them that you're just helping. It's not your job. It's not your job. And to feel pride in assisting others, right? To, To say that thank you and recognize when they have done that small task well, no matter what it is. Even if you've asked them, I just think positive reinforcement is so important. And that other emotional aspect, we catch ourselves sometimes projecting our blended family emotions on our children. We may say too many times, man, I'm going to really miss you this weekend, Max. Well, here's a side of guilt that you have to live your independent life and go to your mom's house, right? So then you recognize that. And we will say out loud to him, you know, those are big people emotions and your job this weekend is to be a child. We're going to miss you, but we can't wait to see you. You just need to go have fun with your mom. I love that because we touched on that in our last episode in the parental alien (laughs) is where parents are putting those emotions on kids, but not correcting it the way that you and your husband have. Right. alienating them by using emotional parentification and putting the emotions of the adults in their life and making them responsible for the adults' feelings when that's not fair. So I love that you do that when mm-hmm. you have a up like that. And it's only natural to tell the kids that you miss them when they're not with you. Yeah. Like bio a step, it's only natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, you will miss them. So it's like you're not That's what we were saying that we don't think that like bio moms are doing it on purpose. Like you will miss them. So you're just telling them that not realizing the emotion that that can carry for them. Right. I think it is just being a human yourself. And you're in that moment, not thinking about the emotions of your children. You're only thinking about yours. Right. Like, man, I'm going to freaking miss your face this weekend. I don't actually want you to go. Right. Well, that's not your problem. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I, so I think it it is just an honest show of love to say, oh, I'm really going to miss you this weekend without even thinking about any guilt that child could feel because they have to leave you. It's not their choice. Right. But I can see how if you didn't have a good perception of your own emotions and just are feeling kind of flooded, that's not something you're going to pick out. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's not. Is it nefarious Um, sometimes? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Not always, but yes, sometimes it is a weapon. (laughs) It, yeah, it can definitely be. Um, how much of Lincoln's like, uh, special needs did you know, like know about before you were an overnight stepmom? Like, were you fully aware of everything? Well, my husband and I were friends before we became a couple and he would talk about Lincoln 
when he was just a teeny tiny baby, right after he started having seizures. And I had worked for 10 years with adults with disabilities. So I talked to him about then his child in a way of like education. Right. So I, I asked very clinical questions just as a curious person who had worked in the field of individuals with disabilities for so long. I had no idea that one day that would be my child. <laughs> and yeah. I was not ready. My husband jokingly would call him like, no, you don't get it. He's a terrorist. Yes. And I'd be like, all right, whatever. No, he is though. <laughs> And I guess this is something that you and I bonded over when we first met on Instagram was because my first stepson had special needs and I was raising him from when he was a teeny tiny baby. And for him, it started the same way. It started with seizures, Mm -hmm. but we got a diagnosis for him. Does Lincoln have an actual diagnosis? Lincoln is diagnosed with epilepsy and ADHD and he is nonverbal. He was diagnosed with a type of muscular disorder as well, which it's, it has to do with like how his body metabolizes food. It's something we, I don't understand completely. He has such a list of things going on in his little body that it's like the chicken or the egg, right? What has caused what in this child? So at this point, we just spent last year, a whole week at Hopkins doing some studies to learn more about his seizures and how we can control them. We're six months seizure free, by the way. That's awesome. So that's super exciting because you ladies remember we were in the dumps for a long time with daily seizures and ending up in the hospital. So it's it's really nice to have some clarity for a while. And we have come to think that this might be a growth spurt related seizures that he was having. Because when we adjusted medication, now we're six months free. Right. But when we were in the throes of it, nothing was covering them. The doctors at Hopkins said that when he has a seizure, his entire brain lights up instead of it being a secular area, which is why it's so hard to cover all of the areas, if you will, with medication. So he's on a couple. Until we got the medication dosage correct, they were happening daily almost. Yeah, there were some days where you would message me and he was having multiple seizures a day mm-hmm. where he would come good and then next minute it was just like something switched inside his brain and there was another seizure. It was terrifying. And it was after having gone a year without one that these spurts started. So it really was out of nowhere, but he's grown a lot in the last year and a half. And so we're thinking that maybe since Hopkins couldn't tell us anything new, <laughs> We're just going to love him and support him in all of the ways that we can and medicate him per the doctor's orders and hope that this lasts until his next growth spurt or something. Since they couldn't tell us what made them occur, it's the thing that makes the most sense to us and we see him every day. Yeah. Because the doctors looked at his tests and went, we don't know, we can try this. Yeah, I I remember when... MJ first started having seizures and it was constant. We were going to see doctors and no one could tell us Mm -hmm. what it was. And it was actually a cardiologist who said, I know what this is. You need a neurologist. Interesting. And what MJ was diagnosed with was called 
West syndrome, which is basically... To simplify it is really severe adult epilepsy in an infant brain. And Ah. it was caused by the front left lobe didn't develop. So the whole front left quarter of his brain is black. Wow. And, you know, he's come a long ways. Like, Like Lincoln, he was told he'd never walk, talk. He would never be a functioning person in society. He's now in high school. He has learnt some words very similar to Lincoln and he can sign and he uses charts like Lincoln does to express what he wants. So Yeah. And I think that that is the thing that we've found is we we will use anything and yeah. we will use all of them together and he can aid us in what works best for him. I want to say that parenting a developmentally disabled child in a blended family is so hard because of how protective every parent feels over that child. Yeah. I Because of their precarious nature, everyone is hovering, especially when medical events are going on and it can change the communication dynamic and how much you trust the other people in the circle, if you will. And that's been really hard for me to sometimes feel pushed out when I am so ready, able, and prepared to handle all of these things. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm part of the team. I know what I'm doing. I promise I'm not going to hurt anybody. (laughs) Yeah. From what you've told us in like the past, sometimes it seems like you're maybe more equipped than one of his other parents on Um, paper i'm a certified medication technician (laughs) well i can do all of the things and i may have dropped out but i did go to nursing school (laughs) and (laughs) i worked in this field for so many years please i want to scream like please use me as an ally i know how to write all of the grants and i know how to work all of the systems and so far, whenever I do that, I get in trouble with bio mom because I think she feels I'm overstepping and I respect that. So I only do things that will benefit our home. But if she's not doing them, how could you be overstepping? It's not like you're doing them while she's trying to. That's, that's what I said when <laughs> I got in trouble for writing a grant. I said, well, did, did you apply? <laughs> Right. There's then um, maybe it could be overstepping. And at one point I got in in big trouble because our RBT therapist who is Lincoln's behavior therapist working in both homes was talking about different toys that they use and how they bring them back and forth. So I wanted to write a grant to get therapy toys doubled for both homes. So that the therapists wouldn't need to bring things back and forth between houses. And when I did that, I then was informed I was no longer allowed to talk to the therapists. I was not allowed to write this grant. And it caused so much trouble because these therapists are in my home. Wow. But I wasn't supposed, and as someone who also lives with Lincoln, I couldn't talk about my insight or what I was seeing. We're past that now because I was needed in a situation and it debunked it then because funny how that works. <laughs> I, it broke the glass wall there. Um, 
But so instead, I wrote a grant that year uh, for our adaptive stroller because Lincoln was too big for our stroller and he's too big for a traditional stroller anyway. Yeah. So instead of it benefiting both homes, I did a grant for just us, but it, it only hurt Lincoln, right? That's the frustrating part and something you just kind of have to swallow sometimes <laughs> because it's not worth the battle. Exactly. But you cannot be responsible for how Biomum handles the situation. So you. That's you, true. I am responsible for my own emotions, though, and I get very affected. I do too. I by always, those things. I guess that's another thing we bonded over was yep. we were so emotionally invested in our stepkids that when Biomum doesn't step up to the plate, we feel the need that we feel hurt for our stepsons. Right. But that's where we both need to take that step back and realize Mm -hmm. they are hurting our stepkid, but what can we do? We don't need to feel hurt for them. All we can do is love on them. Right. And that I can do, (laughs) but I can also try to manage my, the emotions I end up feeling personally of feeling pushed out or not good enough or less than like my place is nowhere near important and I get stomped on when I'm trying to help. It disappoints me to such a degree that it makes me not want to do any good for any of my family. (laughs) I get very bitter about it. And so that's something I have to work on because I need to know my place in my family in my walls. Yes. Right. And I guess it's when it feels like it's creeping into my home. Like, oh, now you can't talk to therapists. Does she, is she actually able to say that though? I'm not allowed to talk to the school right now. And I emailed them recently and said that I, Lincoln just started at a new special education school. And when we toured the school, everyone there was great to us. And they were great about having a blended family in the school. And there's many there and they could send emails to all of us and be communicative about everything. I felt so seen on this tour. Like I am a freaking stepmom. Look at me being a part of the team. So it came as a very big surprise when I emailed the teacher that Lincoln didn't eat his breakfast and I I'm sending in a granola bar and a cheese stick, just letting you know. And I had already heard rumblings about not being able to communicate with the school. So in parentheses, I wrote, please respond to my husband if you have any questions or concerns. And then, and then I put, or you can email me back if you're feeling like a rebel today. <laughs> I thought that was funny way to acknowledge. And alleviate any pressure. Like, Hey, I see you. I know you're in a sticky spot. I'm making light of it. Here's my husband's email. If you need to respond, right. Blows up. (laughs) There's massive emails between bio mom and my husband. Then he's screenshotting them to send to me so that I can be in the loop. He's telling me not to let my soul get affected because he knows I instantly get disappointed and emotional about it. But they're saying that I'm causing legal problems by talking to the teacher bio mom said that by contacting the school when I'm not supposed to I'm causing legal problems oh my god but the thing is and this is my 
this is why it frustrates me is that the soapbox that bio mom is standing on is one she built herself. They were fine with communicating to me until they were blatantly told not to. So who is this hurting? Right. Not and the school, not her, Lincoln. And that was my husband's response. He said to her in an email, tell me what was so harmful about her telling them Lincoln had an extra breakfast in his bag. Maybe you should focus on other things. Right. And did the school tell her you contacted them? Is that how she found out? The email must have been forwarded to her somehow, or she was told. I feel like that's a breach of confidentiality. Like our school system here in Australia, if if I was to email the school, they can't then forward my email to the kids' bio mom. Right. Like it's the whole confidentiality thing. Like I recently had a meeting with the teachers and I had to bring up some sensitive topics and I had to say, you know, I would really appreciate it if you didn't bring these up with Biomum because it's a very sensitive topic and we're working with a therapist to fix this issue. But if you then go and bring this stuff up with Biomum, it's going to cause more conflict because she doesn't see it as a problem. Right. And, and I, so I'm not sure what was said in this situation. I'm not sure that the email was forwarded. She could have just been notified as she's asked, or I'm not sure what stipulation she's put on them to have right. caused her to be notified. I just know that a granola bar caused a slew of emails that were just filled with hatred. <laughs> like my son's stepmom's not listed as a parent at his school but if she was to email the teacher and say hey he didn't have breakfast so I've packed him some extra snacks I'm not going to blow up about it why wouldn't you I'd be grateful that she told the teacher he didn't have breakfast for whatever reason and she packed him some extra snacks like I don't see an issue with it right I didn't either there was also a nice paragraph in one of her responses that said that she hoped I didn't think he was going to eat that on the bus because it's not allowed. Oh, I didn't email the bus driver. Yeah, right. I emailed the teacher, but if you'd like to insinuate that I'm unintelligent, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) That just blows my mind. It all started when I put myself down as an emergency contact (laughs) for Lincoln at school. There was another battle uh, with emails filled with vitriol about how I am not a parent and I am not to be contacted in any emergency situation. And bio mom's dad was put down instead. And we went back and forth. He He's ended not up a on emails. He doesn't have a car seat. And oh. in, an, in an email, so it just doesn't even make sense. If he needed to go pick Lincoln up, he couldn't. And there that were is. so many emails. I I called her out and said, I think you're doing this just because you can and just to be problematic. And her dad asked us to stop responding and that he was going to handle it. He later emailed us that he agreed with us, but he wasn't getting anywhere with her and that he would be Lincoln's emergency contact. And in parentheses, he said, no, thanks, because Lincoln is also a lot and you have to be prepared. And so yeah. I, re- I responded to him that I appreciated him going to bat for us. And I know it was a weird situation. And I said, if you ever get an emergency contact call, you can call me to go pick him up. 
That's just such a crazy, like, hill to die on to not let. Like, I'm in the same boat that I can't go pick him up from school at all. Um, Her mom can. Her sister can. Like, everyone else on on her side of the family can. Um, But if I, like, if I needed to, I work from home. So if he had an emergency, I would be the best person to be able to go get him. Right. And what, well, what's interesting is that I am allowed to go pick him up. I'm not allowed to be the emergency contact. And well, I th- because that's convenient for her. Right. Well, I think what offended me so badly about this was because of his special needs, because of how precarious his health has been over the last couple of years. How dare you insinuate that I'm not the next best person to handle one of his emergencies? Yeah. I know his medications. I've administered the emergency diastat rectal gel when he was mid seizure. I have held him through seizures. What more do you want from me? Yeah. How can I prove to you that I'm worthy? And so I think that's why it hit me so personally that you've appreciated before and expressed thanks for being there for him and for handling emergencies. But that was when I was helping you. Now to give me equal placement or, you know, the next tier down, there's mom and dad up there first, but you'll prevent me from being that next best person until it's convenient for you. Yeah. That sounds familiar. And it's just hurtful. And I think we should normalize in stepmom life being bummed out like perpetually. Like I need to be allowed to feel these feelings. I know my husband emailed and said, don't let your soul hurt. Right. Cause he knows that's what happens, but it does. It's impossible not to let it sometimes. Right. Yeah. I just want one time like <laughs> for something to happen where like, I need to give bio mom the Heimlich maneuver or something and save her <laughs> life. So I can be like, can, can I be your emergency contact now? <laughs> like, you, like yours, like, have I, do I carry the medal now? no there's nothing you could do if she's being like that petty about it I feel like there's nothing you could do that'll make her get over it it's the weirdest relationship in life is the stepmom's relationship to bio mom is so weird absolutely because I love her I don't have I can't go that far (laughs) any and I and so that's I guess and maybe it's from becoming an overnight stepmom maybe it's because I instantly fell so in love with these children that they feel like mine, that the fact that she brought them into this world, I love her, but I freaking hate her too. Yeah. It's the most abusive relationship I've ever been in. (laughs) Like, please love me back. I appreciate these humans you brought into the world and I'm doing my best to love them when they're here. So can I please be an emergency contact? (laughs) I can relate to it. I wouldn't go as far as say that I love the Karen in our situation. No. (laughs) But I do love the boys and I appreciate that she's the one who brought them into this world. And we've had similar issues like when I first flagged that Lil J is autistic five years ago and we battled through the courts trying to get the judge to allow us to take him to a pediatrician and have her railroad the whole appointment going, he's not autistic. I don't know what she's talking about. To have two years later, I set him up with a psychologist and the psychologist straight off the bat said, yeah, we need to do some extra testing. There's some red flags here. And now all of a sudden, Karen's on board and going, yep, okay, so we need to get this testing done. He's got autism. Like, 
it's like we could have had this dealt with five years ago if you just trusted my instinct like as a mother as a stepmother right. I know these kids I'm I wasn't saying it for any other reason other than to get him help right do you we think she was like in denial and didn't want to admit that or do you think it was more about the fact that you are the one who said it I think that it was a combination of both that but I didn't say it to her my husband said it to her but she obviously knew that it was coming from me because it's something that he had never said before gotcha. and and like she, she's not even aware that I have gotten Big J into the special education program in high school she insisted on the school they went to but she didn't feel like any of the enrollment paperwork she had no interest she demanded what school they went to and we went you know what we're not going back to court to fight on a school we'll just give her the school and we'll do our best to be as present as possible and make sure that we're involved as possible to give the kids what they need. But because she didn't fill out the paperwork, I'm also listed as parent number three. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually listed as a parent, not just an emergency contact. I'm actually listed as a parent. Um, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so we filled out See, Madison, you just got to do the paperwork. Carry the torch, Tony. Teach the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we filled out two documents. One was parent, it was like parent one and four. So we listed her as parent number one and we listed her husband as parent number four. And then we filled out another document, which was my husband as parent number two and me as parent number three. And we put down everyone's details and submitted it. So that way she couldn't say that I was listed as a parent and her husband wasn't. But I'm still the only one that shows up to parent teacher interviews. Luckily, bio mom did not fight for her boyfriend to become the emergency contact because I think I would have to throw the red flag because they didn't wait the proper amount of time that I had to wait before they are all started hanging out together (laughs) there's double standards I'll get you every time so many double standards all right so we've just hit on some pretty heavy things about your stepmom life so can you tell us your most favorite part about being a stepmom to your boys? Always wanted to be a parent. I still would love to have a biological child of my own. I had no idea that becoming a stepmom to these two boys would fill my cup as much as it did. I do feel like a parent. I'm lucky that in our home, my husband has made me the matriarch. I am the mama of this house. Everything else aside, All of the negativity that comes from outside the walls of our home, if we take that away and just exist, I feel so lucky to do life with these boys. And maybe one day we'll add in another human to be determined because Lincoln is hard. Lincoln is not going to get easier. And Max needs love and support too. And there is a bandwidth problem, (laughs) just not enough to go around sometimes. So trying to not be selfish and acknowledge how full my cup is just from them. That's great. I love that. It's hard, Lauren. You completely understand as you're just now bringing in. Have you announced that yet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was about to spill (laughs) all the tea on the podcast. (laughs) As you're you're just (laughs) about to bring in that child to, to blend the family completely. Does it feel different? It does. And honestly, um, uh, so we had talked about this before. If my husband didn't want to have any more kids, I wouldn't have been able to stay in that relationship because it was like that important to me. 
Um, I think maybe because we don't have uh, my stepson like at like 50 50 like you guys do um I think that might have something to do with the fact that I don't feel like super parenty about the whole thing it did not fill the void for me though and I know a lot of stepmoms say that it does but for me it definitely didn't so I needed to at least try to have one of my own and that's a personal choice I think that's something I think there's a lot of judging in step parenting yeah if you're going to not to want to whatever, have a bio child, chill out, everybody. Because it's right. hard enough already. We, When my husband and I got into this relationship, it was with the knowledge that I wanted a biological child as well. Well, now years later, we talked just recently about starting to try. I was sobbing. Tony, I think you and I talked about this at one moment. And because... Mm-hmm. Tony will say like, Hey, how you doing? And I'll be like falling apart. (laughs) She has no idea what she's getting into when she messages me. It was because here, here I am. I have always wanted children. I have two stepchildren. And now my husband has gifted me this possibility of starting to try and I don't want it. So what does that mean? So then I'm, I'm psychoanalyzing every corner of my brain. Am I hiding the fact that I want children because I don't want to rock our boat? Do I not want to hurt bio mom by having a child with her ex-husband and bringing a sibling into the house when she wouldn't do that on her side? So then there's this inequity as well of possibility and that, am I really that tired from managing Lincoln and trying to make sure Max's cup is full and still being partners with my partner? Am I actually that tired or is that an excuse? I was second guessing everything and I'm still working on it. And I think it's normal because we have so many opinions everywhere. Yes. I don't even know what I want right now. What I know, I appreciate the fact that my husband recognizes my want and is willing to have another child, even though he's as tired as I am, even though his bandwidth is as stretched as mine is even though we pay child support and we're poor. So like just recognizing that is a gift of love and then recognizing the two children that are already filling my cup. So I'm just going to sit with that for now. I will say that once it becomes like real, that like, you know, like you think like, oh, I want a kid. Like you've thought this your whole life. Once it becomes like an actual, we're going to start trying. It's scary. So also keep that in mind that it might be something that you want. You're just scared. I am scared to death, (laughs) but I'm not as scared of, and I think this is what I'm thinking about currently. When I think about adding another human in, I'm not as afraid of carrying, birthing, raising a child as I am for managing my family, because I already don't feel like I have enough to go around. I could be selfish and just make it work, but at whose expense? It's not right. only at the boy's expense. It's at my, at mine too. Right. And your I husband. want to enjoy life and already sometimes we're a little frazzled over here. So my, I talked to my grandmother about it and she said, why don't you chill out? She was channeling Cameron in that one. <laughs> why don't you chill out? And she said, in random times in your day, imagine another child being there. That's good advice. 
really good advice because there have been times where it's hitting the fan and I'm like, see, can't handle it. (laughs) Cannot. But Tony's advice when um, we had started trying was that there's never a good time to start trying and you just have to do it if that's what you want. So keep your advice in mind too. (laughs) I I know. (laughs) I gave Madison the same advice. (laughs) She did. It's terrifying. Even if you don't have a special needs child. Or in Lauren's case, you have one stepchild that isn't there 50-50. It's still you worrying about how that is going to blend in that dynamic. We had one child here almost 100% of the time. It's like 86% of the time. We had the other boys here 30% of the time. And my husband, we had a miscarriage and my husband and I were not planning on having any children. And he went, well, hang on, maybe we should. And it blew my mind. And we just went, well, if we're going to do it, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's get it over and done with and we'll see what happens. And there's some days that I could totally imagine having more babies, but I'm also realistic going, we have four kids in this house and it is chaotic and I don't even know how I function some days. So I'm very content that you know, with my choice of not having any more, if it was to miraculously happen, then sure. Great. Because I'm a big believer in you'll never regret the children that you have. So that's good and advice that's too. True. And I don't think we would regret it. I think my fear is because we have a special needs child in the home who we have locks on everything and he still manages to break through them. We have to protect everything on every surface. And as he gets bigger, it's only getting harder. He constantly puts himself in dangerous situations because he doesn't understand consequences. Inevitably, he's inconsolable because he doesn't understand why he can't do something or it's not working. Uh, Just last night, he was sobbing. We had to end his therapy early. I have, I still have no idea what was wrong with him. We, We took a bath that helped. Baths fix everything. But so then you think if I have a small child in the home, where am I going to put them? Because Lincoln's going to hurt them. Right. Oh. They would have to be in a different room. And even now, if I go fold laundry, that little guy has to follow me down because he'll burn the house down if he's left upstairs by himself. So it just, it adds this layer of difficult that is hard to even explain unless you're living it. Because then it becomes second nature to think like, oh, we can't light that candle. No, I'm not going to go upstairs and get an extra roll of toilet paper for the main floor bathroom because then he'll follow me and he might get stuck and then we'll have tears and, and, and there's so much cause and effect that you prevent (laughs) no more variables. (laughs) I get it. It's, you know, we, you and I talk often and Lincoln and Miss Kay talk often and he's what, six, seven now? Six. And he's mentally at her age. Right. So it's almost like you would have a toddler and an infant. And I know personally, I could not have another baby right now while I have a toddler. Right. That's such a good way to think about it because that is exactly how it would be. You know, I, I know I would not cope with a baby and a toddler. I've never been able to cope. Even when Big K was a toddler, having another child was off the table. Yeah, I wouldn't cope. Women who do two under two or whatever, kudos to them because I personally can't do it. And I feel that 
that's probably the best way to imagine it to someone who doesn't understand. Completely. In so many ways, we are still in a baby toddler stage in our home. Yeah. So it, it's just different. All right. So we're going to read you some listener questions real quick and we'll just get through those quicker and then do the stepmoms anonymous. Okay. All right. So the first one is what do you do to recharge and stay positive? Am I answering these? Yes. Yeah, they're for you. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> I want to say lame things that I actually do. Like I take a bath and I do yoga and I do do those things, but I also actively disassociate when I need to unapologetically yeah. That's because important. sometimes doing something mindless, like playing a game on your phone or scrolling something that's not like spiritual fulfilling. No, <laughs> stop it. I just need to recharge. <laughs> Yeah, so true though. Okay. And then the other one is how do you provide what they need when parallel parenting is the only option? We just do it because we have to, you just get it done. And sometimes you do it bitterly because in our case, we pay a hefty amount of child support to still need to provide things everywhere. I've sent diapers and wipes to the school so many times this year already. And all I can think about is the child support that we send. And that that would be a good area for it to be utilized when we are poor. And the ever popular topic of clothing coming back and (laughs) forth (laughs) is a constant topic in our home. Right. I definitely understand that. It's hard not to get bitter about child support. It's just hard. Parallel parenting is really hard when you pay child support and have 50-50 custody. Yeah. Mental math does not make sense. And so it's doing it without bitterness because priority number one is the kids. And if that is where your focus is and what they need, want, deserve, you can let some of the bitterness drop because it's all for them anyway. Yeah. Love that. All right. So I want to get, Lauren doesn't know this story. I wanted to get both of your real-time reactions. So. This happened just this week on Valentine's Day. So Stepmoms Anonymous. Today, I decided to give a gift to my partner's ex-wife because after almost five years of them being separated and he and I being together for three, I'm every nasty word there is. So today I wrote in a nice card, sometimes special people like you deserve a gift that says it all. The gift was beautifully wrapped and gift boxed. What was the gift? Well, it was a bag of dicks saying, eat a bag of dicks. No. Is that real? Yes. Some might Um, say immature, but it was cathartic, especially after copping three years of relentless abuse when I've not done or said anything to her. I feel it. I feel all of the emotions coming out of that bag of dicks right now. Okay. I'm just not sure that's a productive way to help the situation because the dicks are going to come back. I don't know how you're going to end up getting your own bag of dicks. And I'm sorry. I agree. I, when I read it, it was, it was in another group and I messaged her and I said, look, I would really love to share this on the podcast. And she was like, yeah, okay. What's your podcast? And I told her, and I said, look, I don't know if you're a stepmom or not, but just, I think, so many moms could relate to wanting to send a bag of dicks to the Karen in their life. <laughs> We've all for sure. <laughs> and Low key though, I really do want to send bio mom a gift. Like a real a gift real or a gift? Yes. 
I live and die by Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. It completely changed the way I thought about co-parenting. And if you look up her book, you'll see that she is a woman who was in a traditional marriage and had children and then met a woman and fell in love with her, blew her family up, right? Divorced her husband, told her mid-age children who understood that she had fallen in love with someone and that she was following her path. And they are the poster family for success in my book because they go to the soccer games. They do the things. They make it work with respect. And I found that book to be such a light of what I would like to carry that I want to send it to bio mom so bad. And I want to highlight it. The passages that spoke to me. <laughs> I don't think that would this be taken could well. Be us. See, it would be a bag of dicks. That's why you can't do it. I might as well send a bag of dicks because that's as much, that's how it will be received. Exactly. Yeah, your car would totally see it as a bag of dicks. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Well, on that note, I think we have to say bye. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Oh, we never spilled the tea about why I'm not on the podcast. Well, do you want to? Do you want to? Yeah, why not? Because I think it matters because bandwidth matters. Yeah, that is true. I don't have enough to give and that has to be okay. That's fair. I would be a level 10 flaker for sure. (laughs) Catch me on a no kids night. I'm not here. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I got the flu. Catch me on a kids night. We're going to have Lincoln in the background going. (laughs) So I would like to end on the note that you should do whatever is within your limits. And not feel bad about it because I love both of you ladies. And I really appreciate the fact that I am here in the capacity that I can handle. Right. Yeah. And we appreciate that you're here in any way you're able to. Thanks. <laughs> and when Lauren goes on maternity leave, you have to be my co-host for oh, at least one episode. Of course. And I would love to one day, you never know if things settle down, I'll, I'll be a, a sidecar member. Absolutely. We'll welcome you back at any time. Yes. All right. Thanks for joining us. Go follow us on Instagram, subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever you're listening. And leave us a review.